This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM News Time 1203. Great to have you with us for the Thursday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. The Noon Business Hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. The latest on mortgages and housing and what we can expect from holiday retail. Right now, busy day of data, including the weekly tally of jobless claims and the latest report on retail sales. Greg McBride is here, Chief Financial Analyst at Bankrate.com. Greg, give us the nuts and bolts here of the latest retail sales numbers and, and help put them in context. Yeah, pretty healthy rebound in August, Cisco. You know, July was ugly, uh, and we saw down further downward revisions to the July numbers. But August, uh, you know, showed a pretty decent rebound, and of course that comes amid a lot of concerns uh, about the rising Delta variant and, and some areas where consumers have definitely dialed back, you know, like travel and, and other discretionary purchases. But uh, you know, we see people are still spending. Uh, and it was fairly broad based. I mean, we saw it across you know general merchandise, but also food and beverage stores. Uh, you know, the re- bars and restaurants that was flat, but uh, food and beverage stores were up. So people still spending, just spending a little bit differently in light of the the Delta variant last month. And uh, any idea? I mean, going forward, I guess uh, is that going to? I'm not asking you to predict necessarily, but but it just seem like it's going to continue. We need it to continue, right? Yeah, I mean, seventy percent of economic growth is tied to consumer spending. So as goes the consumer, so goes the economy. Uh, You know, retail sales haven't really increased much from where we had seen in the spring, but they've plateaued at a really high level. Retail sales are up 15% versus where they were a year ago, 16% if you exclude autos, which has been a real weak spot. Let's talk about jobless claims. They edge up. We're probably going to get kind of an ebb and flow here, right, for at least the next few months? Well, that's the nature of weekly numbers. Uh, So, yeah, we did see an increase in the weekly initial claims filings, but it's still the second lowest since the pandemic started. And if you look at the four-week moving average, which is designed to smooth out a lot of that choppiness of weekly numbers, both the initial unemployment claims and continuing claims declined to the lowest levels since March of 2020. So big picture, labor market still uh, improving and, and on a track to continue doing so. And we're also thinking uh, workforce participation rate, right? It's not only that we want fewer people applying for unemployment, but we actually want more people employed and out there working. Yeah, and that's one of the things that when the monthly jobs report comes out, you know, I think everybody really kind of you know zeroes in on that. You know, are we seeing people come back into the labor force? There's 10.9 million open jobs out there. There are more open jobs than there are uh, unemployed people. We need people to get back into the labor force uh, in order to, to absorb that. Are we seeing, again, not this data here today, but in general, have we been seeing wage increases as employers try to get people back to work? Yes, the wages are definitely rising, particularly on the lower end of the scale. Problem is, inflation's been up too. And so, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, households, yes, they're seeing the pay go up, 
doesn't necessarily translate into higher buying power because of the fact that they've seen rising costs on so many other household goods, be it groceries, gas, or or just day-to-day essentials. Thanks so much, Greg McBride, Chief Financial Analyst at Bankrate.com. Just ahead, the first electric pickup truck for the consumer market makes its debut. Startup company Rivian has rolled out the first electric pickup truck for consumers off its assembly line in Normal. Let's get the latest now. Jeff Gilbert, CBS's auto reporter. Uh, Jeff, where are they in the process? I mean, is this being sold or are people able to buy these or not quite yet? Well, this is, this is actually the delivery process. They've had these vehicles ordered for a long time, so I can't tell you how long it would take if you decided to uh, put in an order right now. So these are the people who put in orders a while ago. But, yep, they're coming off of the assembly line in normal, and uh, a number of them are being shipped out to customers. I say to customers, not dealers, because Rivian does direct sales like Tesla does. So explain the significance of this. You have Tesla, GM, Ford, a lot of companies trying to get this done, and, well, Rivian has. Yeah, well, Rivian is interesting. Uh, They are a company that specializes in trucks, electric trucks. And uh, they're a startup that's highly valued. Ford's made an investment in them. Amazon's made an investment in them. This is their first product for traditional buyers, but they're already making vans for Amazon, and they're going to make a pickup truck, an electric pickup truck, soon. These are these are products that are not quite as futuristic as, say, the Tesla Cybertruck, as we've seen pictures of that, but a little more futuristic than what you're seeing in, in the way of traditional pickup trucks. And as, assuming these other uh, companies that have been working on it so long, uh, they're going to catch up. And so what does that mean for a company like Rivian? Did they have to really be first in order to gain some kind of market share ahead of time? Uh, being first certainly helps, but but I think what's really helping Rivian is their alliances with companies. I mean, th- they're going to sell thousands of these pickups, but they've got an order of 100,000 vans from Amazon. And uh, I was just at a Ford event where they announced that they're going to make more F-150 Lightnings, about 80,000 of those a year. So you can see the kind of competition that's coming with electric pickup trucks, because this is seen as is very big in the commercial vehicle business, where industries can buy these, they get green credits for it, and you don't really have to worry about range because they've got pretty much the same routes they take every day. Is there a risk as well to being first? I mean, if everything isn't just perfect, once consumers start driving around in these, I mean, there's a risk of complaints and it kind of nosediving everything. Oh, that, that is always a risk, and uh, the history of the auto industry is littered with companies that, that, that have failed. But if you take a look at Tesla, Tesla has such, such a big, you know, for lack of a better word, fan base that they will accept things like that. But this is new technology. You are going to see problems. The hope is that they're not significant, serious problems, because making vehicles is not easy. Especially with all of this new technology. I mean, every time a new vehicle comes out, it has something new. And yet you're dealing with batteries. You're dealing with a lot of differences in automobiles. It seems like there's just a lot of challenges to getting these done. Oh, absolutely. And the biggest challenge going on right now is with the Chevrolet Bolt and that big recall of batteries there. GM is still working with its supplier to find out exactly what the problem is because they are going to swap out batteries in these vehicles, but they want to make sure that the batteries they put in 
are working fine as well. I mean, uh, the auto industry is complex to begin with, but then you add the complexity of the tech industry, and uh, these EVs may have fewer moving parts, but the parts they have are very complex and very dependent. Thanks so much. That's Jeff Gilbert, CBS's auto reporter. Up next, retailers are optimistic about a huge holiday season. News that makes you money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Retailers are ramping up in anticipation of a huge holiday season. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Jan Rogers-Niffen, CEO of J. Rogers-Niffen Worldwide. Uh, Jan, uh, what are we seeing? What kind of predictions are we seeing for the holiday shopping season? Well, the predictions are fairly strong. We did see Deloitte come out and say 7 to 9% growth, which would be enormous. And they said also more than 11% growth online. So another big year for online, if that's accurate. And I think they're really right in the ballpark because it has been very strong so far. The consumer is very, very interested. You probably saw the retail sales release from the government this morning. It was astoundingly strong, even though they revised the prior month down by quite a bit. What you're hearing at every meeting you go to and every retailer you talk to is just how strong the consumer is. And I think you saw that, too, in the numbers, right? We saw that job openings hit an all-time high of over 10 million job openings, and continuing claims for unemployment are down at COVID lows. So the consumer is really strong all across the board, whether it's savings, $2 trillion of extra savings. They can spend like crazy for holiday. And they don't have any place else to spend it because they're not doing as much as they want to. They're not going to Europe. They're not going on long vacations. They are starting to take short vacations closer to home. But, yes, they're very, very healthy. And we're going to see record holiday sales like we have never seen before. Go buy it now or it's not going to be there and the price is not going to get cheaper between now and Christmas. Well, that, that, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm wondering if with this kind of spending and some short supplies, does that put retailers in a position where they don't have to offer all of the sales that they would ordinarily offer? So far this year, we have seen the lowest level of unplanned markdowns that I have ever seen in my very long retail career. That is going to continue right through holiday you are not going to see people giving it away like they do usually. There will be planned markdowns because, you know, people do plan to do special things to drive their business. But the unplanned markdowns where you used to see 60% off and you got something you thought was really a deal between now and Christmas or over Black Friday or Cyber Monday, that's not going to happen. If you want it, you better go buy it. And you touched on supply chain issues. Uh, I mean, you, you better you better just go ahead and get it done. It's not maybe as fun to shop in September and October for the holidays, but it sounds like people should do that. Yes, because we are seeing the ports backed up. You know, there's 53 boats, ships setting off of Long Beach and Los Angeles port right now. And that's never happened in the last several years, at least. Certainly hasn't happened in the last few years. And that's going to slow down the stuff getting into the country. We have a shortage of containers to bring the product out of China. We've had some port closures there, and we've had some factory closures in Vietnam. So it's put some strain on the system. And therefore, stuff's going to arrive two, four, sometimes 
10 weeks later than people had planned on it. So it could actually miss the holiday selling season in some cases. So you shouldn't wait for it. You should buy it. And you shouldn't think it's going to get cheaper because supply is going to be short. And these retailers are smart. They're not going to mark it down if they don't need to to sell it. So that's what this year is going to look like. And demand's going to be high. Always good insight from Jan Rogers Niffin, CEO of J. Rogers Niffin Worldwide. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Cisco Cotto. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Government regulators wait for word from doctors reviewing data to determine whether coronavirus booster shots are needed. This is Mike Krauser. The Chicago School District misses a deadline for a COVID 19 testing program, which the teachers' union calls an abject failure. It's Technology Thursday. Visionaries have looked toward a digital space beyond the internet. We'll talk about the anticipated arrival of the metaverse. Demand for mortgages is on the rise as rates once again tick down. WBBM Business, the Dow is down 141, NASDAQ down 46, and the S&P is down 18 points. The Noon Business Hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. 
The Food and Drug Administration is taking a neutral position as public debate begins on the need for a booster dose of the Pfizer COVID vaccine. Correspondent Jackie Quinn. On Friday, a government advisory panel will review data on the Pfizer shot and if there's sufficient proof it would be safe and useful for Americans to get a third dose. Already, two top FDA regulators have rejected boosters for healthy people, surprising some since the White House has already advocated a third dose. Pfizer says immunity against milder infection does wane around six to eight months, also citing a study from Israel finding older adults who received a booster shot were far less likely to become infected, even as the Delta variant spreads. One U.S. expert says the key to stopping Delta is getting more people their initial shots, not upping the resistance of those already protected from serious illness. Jackie Quinn, Washington. Administrators in the Chicago Public Schools are reporting relatively low COVID numbers during the first two weeks of classes. However, the teachers union says it's because of major flaws in testing and contact tracing. The district reports 245 COVID-19 cases and about 5,500 people with potential exposure. CPS missed a deadline this week to offer testing to all students and staff who opt in. The teachers union believes the district should have an opt-out testing program. That good child with the union. 97% of students in buildings aren't being tested. If CPS's objective is to actually provide safety, to catch positive cases, and prevent exposures in schools, and keep schools open for in-person learning, it actually needs to test students and staff. A statement from the school district says it is ramping up testing. The district has testing consent for 9,400 students. There are a total of about 340,000 in the Chicago public schools. It's 1233. Buy, sell, listen. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Stocks trading lower today. The Dow down 160. The Nasdaq down 52 and the S&P down 21 points. Let's find out what's going on. Steve Esposito is here, Executive Director of Morgan Stanley Wealth Management in Lake Forest. Steve, what do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today? Hi, good afternoon. Uh, you know, mixed market, I would say right now. We've been going back and forth for about 100 days now between um, cyclicals and non-cyclicals, stay-at-home stocks, and that we're just continuing to turn back and forth till we get some more direction on what's going to happen with COVID and, of course, uh, the labor shortages and supply chains, et cetera. Uh, so I think we'll be here until we start to get more clarity. Are there particular sectors that are maybe attractive in an environment like this where we just don't have much clarity? You know, it's if you go back to September of last year, a year ago, uh, everything turned from stay-at-home the cyclicals and the cyclicals exploded and had some spectacular gain till about the end of may beginning of june this year and then delta uh roared its ugly head you also tack on the supply chain shortages the labor shortages the issues with china what's going on there and created more concern and panic and caused the trade to reverse but not at the same level or magnitude now i think you're going to start going back towards the cyclicals i think as we get a better handle on what's going on with this as said covid and the supply chains, of course, will catch up, et cetera. I think you want to really be getting back into those stocks you wish you had bought more of nine, you know, three months ago, five months ago. I wish I would have bought more during, uh, during COVID at the peak, uh, and they didn't. Now you're not going to get in that cheap, but there's some really good valuations in the cyclical group. So, yes, I think there's a lot of stuff you can buy looking out nine months that I think can do very well. Is that one of the problems that, that people remember how far stocks fell and our, our natural greed makes us want to wait until they drop that low again? 
Yeah, I do. I, I think you're right, but you know they're not going to get that low unless you have another collapse, and and that was an overreaction. Understand, a lot of people panicked. Uh, that's how you get market bottoms: the majority of sellers to buyers, and and it's hard to get you to buy when nine out of ten people are selling. I think you're not that bad off, and people, you know, seventy five percent I think is vaccinated. So the the worst is behind us. Europe's going to start opening. Um, I think you got to look forward and say it's not going to get worse overall. Supply chains will catch up. Labor will come back now. And I think it's very positive going forward. Now, saying that, who knows what can happen? You know, anything can happen. But I, I'm, I'm a net buyer. I continue to buy here. And I'm very comfortable looking out at least 12 months where we'll be. Just think of where we're going to be a year. If you think the economy will be better, COVID will be pretty much behind us. Then you want to invest in those companies who, by the way, are very cheap right now. And that's where you want to be in this market. And that's, I'm thinking, some of the travel stocks, you know, the hotels, cruise lines, airlines, that sort of area. I, I agree with you. I think that's true. I would look at anything involved with the consumer. Um, bricks and mortar are doing much better than people thought in the retail world. Retail sales were better than expected today. X autos. Uh, autos will catch up. I just can imagine, that, you know, the kind of boom you're getting in GDP when they're actually able to sell cars again, new ones. So I would look at the automobile industry and the suppliers to that area. You said travel and leisure. Look at retail. We're getting fantastic retail sales. The consumer is flush with cash. Everybody's gotten raises. That's one of the concerns in inflation. So there's more money to be spent. Um, financials, especially. Um, I, I think there's a group, a very large sector of this market that's underloved still that you want to be in. And those are the groups. Yeah, it's interesting to see that with retail, because for so long, people have been really, really scared of retail stocks. And yet these numbers make it seem as though, uh, you know, people are already spending. They're likely to spend more, get rid of that cash that they've been hanging on to. Yeah, I mean, I was a buyer in many of those a year ago, over a year ago, and I wish now I wish I bought more as well. They're not back down. But yeah, if you look at what they're saying about people want to go to the stores, the more people are locked down, they want to get out and do what they used to do. And that's happening here. Imagine when Europe opens up, because they've been locked down more, Australia, Canada. Look at their worldwide. So the demand for travel, vacations, clothing, expensive handbags, you name it, I think it's going to go through the roof. And you're going to see surprises in GDP numbers going forward to the upside, not to the downside. Thanks so much for all the insight. That's Steve Esposito, Executive Director at Morgan Stanley Wealth Management in Lake Forest. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Demand for mortgages is at a five-month high. Let's learn more about where interest rates are standing. Guy Sakala is here, CEO of Inside Mortgage Finance, based in Bethesda, Maryland. Hey, Guy, good to have you back on the show. So what's going on with rates these days? Um, <clears throat> good to be here, Cisco. Um, what's happening with rates is uh, it's, surprising us once again by staying low. Rates are um, about a little under 2.9% for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage, and that's where they were um, a year ago. So we've had a prolonged period of uh, sub-4% rates, and that's last year that was triggering a, a lot of refinancing, and this year it's triggering um, some more refinancing, but even more home purchases. So what do you say to the people who are, are waiting for them to really go lower? There's a lot of people who've been on the fence thinking that they don't want to miss out if the rates go lower. Um, you know, that's a hard gamble. What most people will tell you is don't be greedy on a historical uh, basis. 2.9% is very, very low. And 
Um, you're not going to gain a lot more, particularly when rates start out low, if they go to 2.75 or something. More of an issue is finding the right home and being able to competitively bid on it because inventory is still short and home prices are high. What If someone's thinking about a refi, what, what is the gap? I mean, is it 1%, more than 1%? What, what's the gap where they should say, hey, a refi actually makes sense for me? Um, generally, they should look at it a little differently. Um, it's a good starting point to look at, you know, are you can, can you save um, half a percent or three quarters of a percent? But the ultimate test is what does it do to your mortgage payments once you roll in closing costs and everything else? At the end of the day, are you saving, you know, $100 or $300 a month? That really should be your determinator when deciding whether to refine or not. When we're seeing these rates as they continue to be low, is that one of the things that is adding to the pressure where, where people actually want to buy homes while they can get these good rates? We know supply is, uh, is really low, but there's a lot of people who still want homes. Yeah, there's no question that people are satisfied with the rates now and are looking to um, go out and buy a home. But we also have a lot of pent-up demand um, from the pandemic when people decided, okay, I no longer need to be in an urban setting. I want to be um, outside a city. I can work remotely at least part of the time. I want a yard. All those issues are still in play and doing it. One of the other things we're seeing is we're seeing more first-time home buyers trying to come back into the market and maybe move out of their parents' house. Thanks so much. That's Guy Sakala. He is CEO of Inside Mortgage Finance. Rates have uh, just kind of hovered around these lows for quite a while now. If you missed any part of today's show, you can just go to our website and stream it. You can also skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function online and also with the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.